0: Welcome to myths of the tarot. My name is Aru and I'm an artist, storyteller, and tarot reader. This collection of stories follow in step with the fool's journey as it progresses along each card of the major arcana. These are living mythologies that allow me to create meaning in a world on the edge of collapse. To keep apocalyptic visions of the future from clouding my senses, I conjure up meaning, for all that defies explanation and reason in the here and the now. Symbols, celestial bodies, rocks, trees, clouds, dreams, stories, and archetypes can all serve as guides directing us in our life process. Magical thinking, myth-making, and meme-sharing are all resources during a time of deep planetary crisis. I hope these stories can help you to use the tarot as a tool for personal exploration. My goal is to reveal the symbols and the meanings of each archetype in the Major Arcana through my own understanding of the card as it has shown up in my own life's journey. I also hope to connect the lessons offered by the tarot to the existential issues of the present era. Please feel free to contact me via my Instagram, Myths of the Tarot, for readings and contact me via Anchor for matters relating to the podcast. Now, dear listener, we will move on to the next episode The Fool and the Machine. As a content warning to some listeners, this episode does contain fictional descriptions of medical horror and science fiction transformations from human to cyborg. The Fool walked through the gates of the machine without a second thought. The fool strode deep into the belly of the machine with unflinching and sure-footed steps. The fool, merry and joyful, walked with a bounce in every step. The fool skipped around the machine, giggling with delight at the bizarre assemblages of concrete, metal, and synthetic materials. It was like nothing they had ever seen before, and the new journey into the great unknown filled the fool with a giddy excitement. The industrial buildings, the paved cement roads, the barbed wire fences, and the gravel lots were all a dull shade of gray. The black, gray, and white smokestacks that rose up into the sky above the facility blocked out the bright sunlight and the blue sky overhead. The landscape within the facility appeared in grayscale and seemed utterly devoid of life. The Fool continued walking down the desolate paved road toward the sound of machines whirring, whining, and roaring. A white motorized vehicle sputtered up the road behind the Fool and parked next to them. The driver of the vehicle got out and approached the Fool. The employee of the machine was wearing a gray industrial jumpsuit and a white hard hat. The employee, looking amused at the sight of the Fool in their colorful floral dress, and Yellow Shoes asked, Howdy, stranger. Are you lost? The fool replied with a bright smile. Why, no. I was curious about the machine, and I came inside to see it up close. I've never seen anything like this before. The employee frowned at the reply and reached for the radio at his hip. Well, no unauthorized personnel are supposed to be within the gates of the facility. This is private property, you know. I'll have to radio security to escort you out. Unless, of course, you are a prospective worker. In that case, I can take you to HR. The fool smiled and nodded, but did not understand many of the words the man was saying. The employee smiled back, relieved. We'll get in the truck, then. I'll drive you over to the HR building, he said amicably, opening the passenger door for the fool. The fool and the employee sped over the smooth, concrete roads of the facility. The fool pressed their nose up against the glass of the window and looked wide-eyed at the sight of different parts of the machine that zoomed by. They had never been inside a motorized vehicle, and the motion made the fool feel a strange rush of adrenaline that made their stomach queasy and their head dizzy. The fool felt a strange rush of adrenaline that made their stomach queasy and their head dizzy. The fool felt a splitting headache begin to form at the base of their skull. Nevertheless, the fool could not stop smiling, seeing the strange and fantastical shapes of all the industrial equipment. As they approached a gray building with small dark windows, the employee pulled the vehicle off the road and parked inside a massive gravel parking lot. The fool attempted to open the car door by pushing on it from inside, but the employee walked around the side of the truck and had to open it for them. The fool got out and looked up at the largest building they had ever seen. The fool looked up at the sky and they saw that the top of the tall building seemed to disappear into the haze of the polluted sky. The concrete sides of the building were dotted with tiny black windows and there were too many floors for the fool to count. Outside the building was a gravel lot filled with an army of work trucks that looked identical to the one driven by the employee. Each one was carefully parked into a massive grid that surrounded the building and the fool saw that the parking lot seemed to go on past the horizon line. The fool looked down at the ground and they saw a tiny pop of color amidst the dusty gray of the crushed rocks a few yards away from where they stood. It was a tiny dandelion plant with delicate green leaves and a cluster of yellow flowers. The fool walked over and smiled at the little plant. The plant smiled back at the fool. Next to the bright yellow flower was a fluffy older white seed head and a younger unopened green flower bud. Instinctively, the fool reached down and gently plucked the seed head, holding it in their left hand. The employee had been busy putting on a pair of heavy-duty neoprene gloves, and unloaded a large spray pump from the truck bed. Good eye, kid, the employee said, looking over at the tiny plant by the fool's feet. The fool beamed at the compliment. Why, thank you. It was easy to spot this beautiful thing, given how dead and gray the machine is. The employee walked over, pointed the nozzle, and sprayed the plant with a gray liquid. Instantly, the leaves and flowers wilted and their original vibrant colors faded to a ghostly gray. The employee placed the herbicide equipment back into the truck and quickly hopped back into the driver's seat. He rolled the window down and called out cheerfully to the fool. Well, buddy, I gotta go. I have to spray down two more lots after this one. Head in through those double doors, and the employment office is the first door on your left. I sure hope you get a better job than me. The employee chuckled and drove away. The fool heard the truck drive away, but had not taken their eyes off the dead dandelion in front of them. The fool had never seen a living being die in front of their eyes. The fool had never seen a being killed with such casual efficiency. The fool knew that the machine's real name was Death. It was the machine that had killed the tree of life and the little dandelion. The fool placed the ink-spotted leaf they had collected from the mother tree by the dying little plant, a recognition of mutual dying and death. The fool lifted the dandelion's seed head to their lips, made an innocent wish, and blew the seeds into the wind, an acknowledgment of birth and new life. The splitting headache grew larger and was now most painfully pounding inside the fool's head. The fool approached the building's door and pulled it open. They paused briefly, surprised by the air-conditioned air, and walked into the first room on the left that the employee had told them to go to. The HR office was as drab and grey as the exterior of the building. There was another employee of the machine, seated at a desk in the front of the room, which bore the sign, Prospective Hires. This employee did not wear any protective equipment, but did wear a gray button-down shirt. His hair was neatly combed, and he wore a polite smile. He gestured for the fool to take a seat in front of him. He handed the fool a document attached to a clipboard along with a small ballpoint pen. The fool quickly accepted these items, but looked blankly at the rows and rows of fine print on the document. The tiny symbols made the headache inside the fool's skull pound terribly. The employee spoke with robotic precision. Welcome to the facility. These are forms that all prospective workers must fill out. If you can read, please review the information provided. If you can write, provide the information requested. The fool laughed and said, I cannot read or write. The employee's eyes glinted. And he smiled politely he slid an ink pad across the table to the fool in that case please provide a thumbprint on the last page as your signature the fool pressed their fingerprint first into the ink pad and then onto the contract the employee took the contract and provided a countersign with an elegant fountain pen the fool briefly marveled at the beauty of his signature but the contract was quickly whisked away by the employee Please follow me, he said smoothly, as he rose up from his chair in one fluid motion. The fool followed the employee down a brightly lit hallway until they reached a large metal door. The employee scanned his badge at the door and put his eyes up to a retinal scanner. The door opened automatically, and the fool followed the employee inside with great curiosity. This is the automated processing room. In a moment I will activate the employer, the surgeon, and the hypnotist. Place all your garments in the bin and put on this gray gown. Please lay down on the operating table when you are ready, said the employee with a practiced professionalism. The fool placed their happy, bright, yellow, and floral green garments and shoes inside a metal bin and put on the gray hospital gown. As the fool lay down, The employee approached the computer and logged in using his secure domain account. He opened three applications with three clicks and initiated the sequence of events. The employee walked out of the room as robotic restraints gently closed around the fool, preventing any movement of their limbs and their head. Hello, a soft and gentle voice called out from hidden speakers near the operating table. I am the employer. As per our contract, I will be splitting you into two. I will begin with your spirit and the energy which animates your body and mind. The fool's headache began to increase and they began to panic, their eyes darting from left to right trying to identify the source of the sound. The employer began to speak in many tongues, and the voices coming from the speaker multiplied and increased in volume. The utterances were indoctrination, a spell, and a transfer of information that snaked their way into the trapped fool's ear. As the sound entered into them, the fool's spirit began to tear as two separate entities began to form and pull away from each other. As the voices grew into a deafening roar of unspeakable horror, the fool lost consciousness and their body went limp. The two spirits were now polar opposites and could not be contained in the same vessel. The red spirit, fiery and active, had concentrated at the extremities, in the arms, legs, and head. The blue spirit, watery and passive, had pooled around the heart and the gut. The sound of the employer's many voices faded out and was replaced by the motorized whirring of the surgeon's many robotic appendages that had arranged themselves silently above the body. The surgeon did not speak to the patient, but instead observed their bodily form inside and out. The surgeon saw with machine vision technology that used a combination of hyperspectral imaging line scan imaging, 3D imaging of surfaces, and x-ray imaging. After the surgeon had completed and creating a perfect 3D replica of the body, the many arms of the surgeon, equipped with scalpels, knives, forceps, clamps, needles, bone saws, and endoscopes, positioned themselves above the body in computerized synchrony. The surgeon supercooled all the vital organs, made clean cuts in the body and carefully separated the components. First, the arms, the legs, and the head were all carefully grafted onto an electromechanical robotic body capable of enormous work and labor. Inside the central chamber of the robotic body, the surgeon installed a power supply with innumerable batteries that could be recharged with electricity. The robotic hand of the surgeon flipped on the main breaker and the cyborg jerked alive as the neurons in his biological components experienced electrical stimulus from the electromechanical components the robotic body contained artificial tendons nerves joints fluid circulation pumps and an oxygen intake chamber that increased the strength stamina speed and agility by a thousandfold hundreds of tiny nanobots teemed amidst the internal machinery ready to fix any damage or replace any broken component in the blink of an eye. This was a body that never had to rest, eat, drink, defecate, or sleep. The cyborg's eyes opened and blinked. They began to move their human fingers and toes as the surgeon applied dressing to the body-machine interfaces and welded shut the metal abdominal plate. Second... The heart and the gut were all placed inside a glass and metal tank filled with liquid, with an innumerable amount of inflow and outflow pipes. The surgeon had fused the esophagus of the digestive tract to the inside of a polymer feed tube, intubated the trachea to a silicon breathing tube, and had delicately cauterized the arteries and veins of the neck. Installed within the tank was a highly intelligent computer capable of monitoring internal conditions, maintaining optimal homeostasis, and speaking with gut microbes. The surgeon dipped a long electrode tentacle into the tank and applied an electric shock to the still heart of the body. The surgeon gently poured a birthing potion containing anti-clotting agents, probiotic cultures, vitamins, and minerals into the watery vat. The torso suspended in the liquid did not move but the heart was now beating, and the gut was stretching and contracting. This was a body that could never work, speak, walk, see, hear, smell, or taste. Yet in this robotic womb, the cyborg lived and dreamed. The surgeon welded on a cap for the top of the tank and sealed off the closed system from the outside world. The surgeon's robotic arms retracted and disappeared into multiple panels in the ceiling, the walls, and the floor. The door to the room opened, and an elderly man wearing a light gray suit walked in, dangling a golden pocket watch in his hand. He smiled at the two cyborgs and approached them. He first spoke to the cyborg that never had to rest, eat, drink, defecate, or sleep. Hello, I am the hypnotist. I am here to shape your mind in service to the machine. Please relax and cooperate. He began to gently swing the golden pocket watch in front of the cyborg's face. The cyborg's eyes followed the pendulum movement as if they were magnetically attracted to the gleaming golden surface. Back and forth, back and forth. The hypnotist said, Cyborg, listen closely. You are dynamic, you are consciousness, you are fire, you are activity, you are creation, you are outer expression, you are external magic, you are the magician. And so, the magician was born. The hypnotist turned to the cyborg that could never work, speak, walk, see, hear, smell, or taste he began to gently swing the pocket watch in front of his own face. The hypnotist fell into a deep trance and moved past the veil into a watery dream world. The cyborg's presence within this dimension was immediately palpable to the hypnotist, and he spoke out into the void. Cyborg, listen closely. You are static. You are unconsciousness. You are water. You are intuition. You are inner truth. You are internal magic. You are the High Priestess. And so, the High Priestess was born. The hypnotist awoke from his dream and entered back into the world of the machine. He quickly exited the room as forklifts and cranes began to transport the magician and the High Priestess to different units within the machine. Tune in next time to hear the next story, The Magician's Creations. Thank you very much for listening. Please let me know what you think at Myths of the Tarot on Anchor or Instagram.